Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episodes 23 through 26 of season 2. Iggy is here! I'm a skywalking cheetah with a hat full of napalm. I'm a runaway son of the nuclear A-bomb. I am a world's forgotten boy. The one who searches and destroys. Somebody gotta help me, please. Somebody gotta save my soul. Baby, that's for me. Oh. Look at her. Like the stick of gum comes out of its butthole and it makes like a little farting sound. Yeah. It's a million dollar idea. Yeah, no, get me on the phone with Rocky. I need to pitch this to him. Yeah, I heard you had an idea. There's some, uh, some marketing opportunities. No, I, I said, I said, uh, Rocky, not... I'm a Rocky. I'm the Rocky. No, it's... Look, you're... Well, you All right, so there's this, there's, this, there's this dog, Rock, and it really likes coffee-flavored gum. That sounds so... like a pretty cool dog. Yeah, no, he's great. He also likes to eat hair and fart in people's faces and mouths. That's also pretty cool, I guess. I'm more into the whole coffee-flavored gum thing. There's really, there's a lot of potential there. Your uh, Rocky impression, by the way, falling apart, turning into Brett uh, Garrett with a cold. <laughs> yeah, not wrong. <laughs> Oh, it's like I found out today that Brett Garrett plays Krang in the new Ninja Turtles movie, and for a moment I was just like, "Shit!" Now I kind of want to see the new Ninja Turtles movie, and then I watched a clip of that, and was like, "Fucking no, I don't." Yeah, Gary Anthony Williams is um either Bebop or Rocksteady. I'm not sure which, and the other one is Seamus of WWE fame. Yeah, why not? All this stuff about this Ninja Turtles movie sounds, like, actually kind of great, and then I see those Ninja Turtle designs again, and I'm like, fuck. Will Arnett, I think, is still in the second one? Is he? Well, Will Arnett needs to get paid. Yeah. That, that what else he show. got going on in between uh, Arrested Development? I mean, come on. Uh... Come on. Come on. Uh, I'm Larry Give Davis. Give Willie a paycheck. With me, it's George Brundle, anime expert. Yeah, number one Will Arnett apologist. No, that's me. Actually, no, I guess it's not me because I've never watched Arrested Development. Because as much as I like Will Arnett, I watch a little bit of that show and I'm like, mm, nope. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I've never watched an episode of it, and I don't ever plan to. I watched an episode of it. A episode. I had no interest in going any further with it. Mm. But you know what show we have watched a whole lot more than one episode of? My Hero Academia. That's right. Welcome to episode one of our new My Hero Academia watch-along. Oh, we, we got are. sick of JoJo's. Yep, we're we're all about yeah. All Might now. Mm-hmm. JoJo's do doesn't have a tit mom in it, so our hands mm. are tied. I mean, not yet. 
No spoilers, but no guarantees that All there right. isn't one. We're going back to JoJo's. <laughs> okay, so this week is um, what what is uh, the High Priestess one is the first one. We're on a sub. They bought a sub. We bought a sub. That's what it's called. It's a sequel to We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> oh man, I would love a JoJo's episode where they bought a zoo. Actually, no, I wouldn't. All the animals would die. Yeah, or they would just look every horrifying. single one of them. <laughs> hey, Gramps, I bought a zoo. Just filled it up with dogs. Hey, old man, I'll charge tickets. That's it. It's the whole thing. Hey, I bought a zoo. We're gonna charge for tickets. Oh, uh, let's start this over. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's yeah. it. Nope. Gotta deal with it. That was some great. Hi, welcome improv. to Stand and Deliver. <laughs> We're back. We're talking about JoJo. Hello. This week, episodes twenty. Uh. Well, I numbered these incorrectly, I'm just now noticing, so we're off to a great start. High Priestess was the first episode, episode one, part one. It's 23. Episode 23. Thank you. I had wrote 22 and then 24 for the next one, so evidently I became very confused at some point. Okay. I kind of just like let it roll on a playlist, and it, the site that I'm using is not very good about displaying the actual episode number on there. And uh, what ends up happening is I just type in the first few letters and it always jumps back to the one I was last on. So it's it's all automated. I'm, I'm all at the other end of a JoJo's computers. assembly line. Yeah. yeah. Just the JoJo's, JoJo's the, the, the JoJo's just come down the line and you pull a lever to stamp them watched. And you're like, all right, yep. that's it. On to the next one. Chunk, chunk. Like an ice cream factory, I put a little bit in my mouth and I swirl it around. And I splash it, splash it out. Yeah, it ends up being like that episode of I Love Lucy, where you're just putting every JoJo into your mouth as it comes through, because they just. That's when I forget. Yeah, I forget how many I need to watch, and so I go overboard and I'm just stuffing JoJo's episodes down my shirt. I mean, that actually did happen. So yes, yeah. I mean, it might have happened. It. Yes, okay. the gang is in a submarine and they are having a good time. This is a luxury submarine for rich people. That's it's right. Got a Coca Cola and a like ice chest and a coffee maker and a satellite phone. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, which they use uh, to call Susie Q. I don't think this was in the book. Because I don't remember her ever showing up. Yeah, I don't know. This is a uh, th- this chunk that we watched. I actually have not yet had a chance to open up the uh, manga for to kind of thumb through. So I'm kind of in the dark with all this stuff. Mm, and you love to thumb. I do. I always be thumbing. Straight thumbing. Look, God blessed me with two thumbs. I'm going to use them. You love thumbs so much. You own a box set of that Steve Oedekirk thumb collection. You know, like Thumb Wars? You know those? That's why I got into film production is I wanted to work on those and then come to find out they have been discontinued. Yeah, well, you got into it because you loved Kung Pao so much and you said, I gotta see what this uh, fine auteur has done other than this. 
and then you saw the thumb you saw well first you saw the thumb father or the god thumb i don't remember what it's called and well boy you know your love for that series was born and um the rest is history i have been taking some long walks down the movie aisle at walmart on my lunch breaks lately i'm sorry and uh picking up a whole bunch of uh cheap blu-rays and dvds like whatever i find that kind of like strikes my eye uh i saw on my last trip a full blu-ray collection of the uh three godfather movies for about twenty dollars and i picked that up and i seriously considered it for a second and uh long story short i walked out of there with a copy of coming to america on (laughs) blu-ray sure it was a whole dollar cheaper than it was on Amazon, so I was like, well, I'd have to be stupid not to buy this. And you're basically losing money from not buying it. They're giving it away! It was yeah. seven damn dollars. Seven? Yeah, yeah, seven bucks! Ah, uh, just imagine. I mean, you're going to get endless entertainment out of that. I know! I'm... The amount, like, the the money-to-Murphy ratio for that is off the damn charts. Don't you think it's kind of sad, though, how that movie is a ground zero for uh, Eddie Murphy playing every character? Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's still good. It's, It's okay. I liked it a lot when I saw it on, like, Comedy Central 15 years ago, so I'll probably like it now. But how much of your time is just going to be spent rewinding the, uh, the Royal Penises Clean Your Highness part? Just watching that over uh, and over. Well, more than we talk about JoJo's, which yeah. is to say, not too much. Okay. <laughs> it's a very low bar. Yeah. But yeah, so Joseph is calling Susie Q. Uh, you you might remember her from a whole season ago. Yeah. She and uh, there's briefly. I had. Yeah. In fact, yeah, she appeared over the course of like uh, three episodes, I think. This scene in this episode. Yeah, yeah. This scene in this episode, she has more dialogue than she did in every previous appearance combined. Yeah, actually, and I think she's in the next episode a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong. They might all be loaded in this one. There's Mm. also a a magazine in this scene uh, that shows that Smokey Brown is back in town. He's mayor. He's still mayor of New York. Oh, that's right. New York. Okay, I thought he became mayor in a different town. Take a look at this spin doctor's mix, Mr. Mayor. (laughs) Yeah, it said at the end Uh, of part two that he became mayor, the first black mayor of New York. Okay. He's still I, I mayor thought at it this was point. yeah. I thought he had it was like he became mayor in his hometown of like somewhere else. I I don't know. It's Smokey's been a while. hometown is New York. I thought that I don't know. I thought Smokey gets around, man. Wait, did you think Smokey was from Africa? I Racist? thought Smokey's like riding the rails, just you know, taking in the sides, drinking in America. No. Um, he wants to get harassed by cops in every town that was his goal he's a new york boy okay well um also the uh suzy q's chauffeur i guess is a chauffeur right roses yes his name is roses which I also kind of felt like was maybe wasting a really good name slash musical reference yeah 
Yeah. This is a real sticks scenario where I'm like, oh, that is such a good use of that name, but this character isn't going to be around for very long, is he? Uh, he sticks around for a while. Like, this isn't the first time a couple he's episodes. shown up. Oh, it isn't? No, he was there, um... I think he was at the Joe Star or the Cujo house, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know. Like he showed he up was, to uh, really... check on Holly, I thought. Maybe, and I just didn't retain it. it... Uh, I don't know. Man. Maybe this is this the might first be time a up. real Smoky Brown situation where I just did not hold on to a crucial piece of information. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joseph is also lying about being away on business. Sure. Kind of asks if, like, Susie has spoken to Holly yet. And she says she has, and, like, Holly just said that she came down with a cold. Mm-hmm. And so Joseph is like, put Roses back on the phone. I gotta talk to him about, like, some real dirt. Which is basically that, like, uh... We're on a sub! Like, yeah, like, we're on a sub, but by the way, like, how is Holly's condition really... And it's basically, like, she's dying, like, much more rapidly now. Like, you do not have a whole lot of time left. The You've Holly's been fucking around cloud. a whole lot, Joseph. Like, what have you guys been doing? Yeah. We're, we're, we're sending you money for a submarine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why aren't you in Egypt yet? We're wiring it, Western Union. You've got this whole You're... thing with disguising Avdol as a rich businessman to buy you a sub. Yeah. You made us buy like blue and gray copies of Abdal's clothes. Like I, your daughter's <laughs> almost dead. We bought this private island for him to hang out on for a while. <laughs> With a whole bunch of completely unidentifiable plants. Yeah, we even bought all these chickens. They named them after musicians. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, that's Abdal's thing, though. That wasn't up to me. Yeah. That's so the that that's like a whole conversation that's happening off on the side here, and like Joseph, well, like the whole gang is just like screwing around underwater to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Like Polnareff is piloting the ship for a little bit, which seems yeah. like a bad idea. Yeah, well, he says like, "Ah, uh, oh, it's so easy; anybody can do it." And then he, like, hits yeah, and a then rock. almost crashes. Yeah, <laughs> hits a rock. Uh, and Kakyoin's making everybody coffee, but he has six cups in his hands when he comes back instead of five. It's <gasps> very unusual. Oh. <gasps> what could it be? <sighs> so Joseph picks up a coffee cup and it turns into a stand and slices his damn robot hand off. Yeah. This whole, like, this stand in this episode is basically just prey. Like, they're kind of just. It's like, all right, I'm going to go around on this sub with a wrench and hit everything just in case it's a disguised stand. I'm going to hit all these coffee sure. cups. I'm going to smack all these trash cans. It's also really freaky looking. Yeah. Like, it's constantly showing its teeth and growling and just jumping all over the place. And it's, like, really tiny. Yeah, it also has this cool, like, morphing effect whenever it turns into stuff. It's like... Yeah, it it just melts into things like it melts into the hull of the ship and becomes like a uh, like a dial uh-huh. 
and then they lose it at some point. The tile's just not there anymore, so they have no idea where the stand went to, and, like, Joseph is passed out, because uh, he also got stabbed in the neck mm-hmm. while this was happening. Also, it should be noted here, when um, it cuts off his robot hand, he still bleeds, so it cut off part of his arm as well. So later, spoilers, when he comes out okay from this and gets a new hand, uh, wouldn't it be kind of weird that like, now his arm is shorter than it was before? Yeah, it would be, but think of all the other things that have happened in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that they just kind of forgot about. Well, also, um, you know, you'd think it'd be hard to reattach, like, you would have to sort of redo all of the connections for the hand because before it would have been attached to where his arm was cut off before, but now it would need new connections, right? Like for the nerves and stuff. The amount of shit that this group of characters has (laughs) gone through in the preceding 20 odd episodes, they should be held together by tongue depressors and Elmer's glued right now. And yet, they look totally okay at the start of every single episode. True. Also, uh, I don't think Araki cares or even thought about it for more than a second. Nope. Yeah, he's... Araki is still approaching this from, like, a frame of mind of, I want to do a cool thing, screw whatever the context was before or after it, this just looks neat in the moment, so I'm going to do it. I mean, I can't really disagree with his approach too much. It works out mostly. What if he pulled a Jay Guile and he fucked up and he did the wrong hand, and so now Joseph has to have two robot hands? That would be really good. Yeah, that'd be great. Just uh, like over the also, course of this part, if he just progressively becomes more and more robotic. <laughs> like kind of a Stroheim situation by the end. Hits the surface and he's just got like three lo- robot legs Jutting out of his hips like fucking Darth Maul He's a robot centaur now (laughs) Oh man Yes Okay Read more about that Uh, Go to my profile on Uh, fanfiction.net Backslash in there uh, You put in uh, BetMidlerFan69 Underscore 420 Go to uh, livejournal.com Slash fanfic And make sure you set the filter To allow M-rated uh, so that way you can get the good stuff. I got mine cranked up all the way to A, so I'm I'll be fine. Okay. Uh, but for real, the stands user's name is Midler. Yep. You know what she's called in my version? What? It's really good. Rose. I, what? Rose? Yeah, that's pretty good. You we know. just had a character named Roses. No, you can't do that in the but, same episode but the as movie. a character named Roses. <laughs> but Roses is from Guns N' Roses, and Rose is the movie The Rose and song The Rose by Bette Midler. So it makes uh, sense. Uh, I like it being more on the nose and it's just straight up Midler. Nah, I don't. There, there's a video up on our YouTube page where I maybe have swapped uh, most of the textures in Dark Souls with a picture of Bette Midler from Hocus Pocus. That's true. So the results are, I am um, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to describe it. You fall down a bit, and it's just Miller, Miller all, all the way, the way down. down. Yep. Yeah. 
there's that good reveal at the end where I turn the camera up and like the sun and the whole skybox is just replaced by this massive stretched out texture of that mother. Oh boy. People really like anyway, Hocus point Pocus. Is, yeah. I don't know why. Right movie. Yeah. So I was in a Walmart the other day. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, long story short, instead of buying the entire Rocky collection on Blu-ray, I left with a copy of Focus Focus. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so Priestess can transform into any type of metal or mineral, and it is now just like punching a bunch of holes in the side of the ship to flood it. And like klaxons are going off, and the phone is also going off because Susie Q is calling back, and they can't spot where the stand is coming from or going to, and everything is fucked. Mm-hmm. And so Jotaro just answers the phone with Susie, and I think like he didn't even think this all the way through because he's just sort of like standing there dead silent while Susie's just like, uh, hello? Uh sounds like there's a party going on there, Joseph. Hello. Yep, he's just standing there like uh, No, I'm I'm with him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then the boat hits the sea floor, and in the absence of Joseph, we get an oh my god from Polnareff. Yes, <laughs> I did really like that. <laughs> Picking up the slack. Yeah. There is somewhere in here he, we also get a holy shit from uh, Joseph. Yeah. I think that might be when it gets cut off. I think we get more than one in this set of episodes. Yes. But after all, he's just like, yo, we gotta bounce because uh, this thing's just flying all over the place like a gremlin. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the door, but like the 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 wheel that you would use to like un, you know, to to open up a door on a submarine is now the stand, and his hands are like right there, and he's sort of frozen in place because like any second this thing is just going to chop his hands off. Uh huh. Like, he's put himself in a real bad position. And uh, thankfully, Star Platinum, it manages to, like, catch the stand. Like, holds it in place. Mm-hmm. And then Joseph, or Jotaro, rather, says, I, Jotaro Kujo, will personally, for the first time in 23 episodes, <laughs> do a thing. Actually, a lot of, like... These four episodes seem like Araki remembering Jotaro exists. Like he's like, oh right, <laughs> I have this insanely overpowered character. He just like is staring at a page one day and going like, who is this character in the background? Like, I've been drawing this hat that merges with the hair and that's pretty cool. But what else can I do with him? It looks so familiar, but... I just can't quite. <sighs> maybe I can. Maybe his name's on one of these other pages. <laughs> God, Joe Darrow sucks. Yeah. Anyway, this ep- this episode ends pretty much there. Like the gang is sort of like beating a retreat to the back of the submarine, and Joe Taro is kind of making his declaration. But like things are still totally going wrong. The ship is sinking. It's well, it's sunk. It's hit the sea floor, but it's still flooding. So they're run out of time. Yeah, I feel like overall, this... like, yeah, like this episode has an interesting stand, but like, 
it easily had the least amount of notes I've taken on an episode in recent memory because it kind of just felt like not a lot happens in it. Yeah, it's a lot of like, oh, it's turned into this thing, now it's moved over here, now it's turned into this, and then it moved again when we tried to hit it. And like, it, it's, yeah, it's a cool stand, but... Yeah. Yeah. It gets it gets better in the next episode, but this first half of High Priestess just kind of felt like it felt brisk in a way, but brisk in the sense that like there's not many scenes in this episode, but the scenes we get just sort of really last a while. So when you kind of like compress it all down into like, okay, what things happened? Yeah. In this episode, like like beat by beat there's just not that much yeah like so. the Susie q conversations on the phone take a while oh god yeah even when it's just her asking like hey joseph are you there it sounds like you're having a good time wacky hotel party like that goes on yeah so yeah okay. anyway manga anime differences well, i'm sure you got a few uh, besides Susie I've q eight in few. the manga it's almost like they put her in this because they had to pad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost like if you made this one episode, it would have been too long because too much happens in the next episode. Yeah, this, So you really had to stretch the first part of it. This um that's the only difference here is it says several scenes featuring Susie conversing with Joseph and displaying concern were added. This also marks yeah. the only time Susie and Jotaro have had an on screen conversation. And it's barely a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I gotta go. I'm here with the old man. Yeah. Suda says, oh man, this is a lot. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this is the penultimate episode and last adversary. We had added a lot to the original scenario. We wanted to talk about Holly again, even if the group was battling High Priestess. We had to bring news of her as a red string since she's the reason for this journey, after all. To do so, we had used Susie Q. Since she doesn't want to stay on the side and do nothing as her daughter is agonizing, adding her in the submarine episode is justified and allowed us to show her before her trip to Japan, as well as inform us about Holly's condition at the same time. I think it was appropriate to have all these scenes whose atmosphere is reminiscent of sitcoms, where all these exchanges and interactions happened at the same place. What's what sitcoms are Suda watching? Uh, Seinfeld. I mean, you remember that <laughs> Seinfeld episode where Jerry and Elaine are in like a submarine, and Jerry's mom calls, and Jerry's like, "No, don't answer the phone." And then Kramer picks it up. Okay, yeah. Was the part well? Yeah, there was that part in that one episode where um, Paul Nareff comes in the door and lays money down on the table and says, I'm out of the contest. It was weird. That's Dan turned into a doyle! <laughs> in principle, a submarine is a lot more cramped than here. This one is decidedly too big. <laughs> a typical anime direction. <laughs> <laughs> too big, a typical anime direction... <laughs> Is uh, nothing like, says typical anime like a too big submarine. That's like the thesis statement for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, we took care In to <laughs> the submarine is really just too big. Yeah, too big. 
We took care to include the time difference with New York. The Joe Stars live in a big tower, real estate tycoon style. In my mind, they only live in one floor, the others being apartments as well. I like High Priestess's sudden attack in the submarine. She intervenes in the middle of a simple conversation. That's an unexpected twist. She skillfully provokes urgency, even more in such a confined space. Oh, trivia here mentions the um, Smokey Brown cameo on the newspaper. Hmm. High Priestess Part 2! And Suda had a lot to say about nothing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a lot of that I was just... just like, here, let me tell you why we put Suzy Q into half of this episode. Yeah, well, get ready for this episode, Suda Blurb, because, man, he looks like he got All pretty right. long-winded on this one, too. Great. Suda's got a lot to say. I mean, th- these are the final two episodes of the first half of Part 3, so I guess I, I sort of understand that. Which also is, like, a little weird to me because when you had when you uh read Suda's words on this and said that this is the penultimate episode, that really kind of put it into perspective for me that like the penultimate episode of this first half of part three, the part that everybody loves, not a whole lot happens. Yeah. There is not a strong lead into what is the season finale. But also you know, when this was created, it wasn't meant to be like, this is a season finale. It was just a constant thing. Yeah, yes, uh, but also the way that this episode ends definitely ends as a season would, so... Yeah, I'm not sure if that was in the book or not. I seriously doubt that it was, but... Anyway, the the gang is now abandoning ship, and they're going to use, like, scuba gear to travel to the surface, and we get another, in true JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fashion, a long explanation about a thing that Araki <laughs> had recently read someplace. Let so we find out all about how scuba gear equipment works. Exactly. <laughs> how to surface properly. Oh, sure, and that, uh, too. Yeah. Araki just read about the bins, and he was like, oh, man. And we get this really good bit where Joseph's just like, okay, we'll do this hand motion for everything is all clear, and we'll do this hand motion for, like, things are bad, and Abdul's just like, remember that time that Jotaro was actually doing stuff, and he was underwater, and he could talk with his stand? Like, we could just do that. We all have stands that are way better than Jotaro's. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not Kakuin. And Uh, not Joseph. Uh, I still like Joseph's better than Jotaro's, but okay. But it's not. I mean, I can yes, understand it liking it. But yeah, it is not as powerful. But also, I think it is better in the sense that yo, he has to break a camera. He just he... has to punch the hell out of a TV. Yeah. No, he doesn't have to punch a TV. He can just like hold the sides of it. I mean, yes, I know he doesn't have to punch the TV, but he does it anyway. Well, yeah, that's just how Joseph rolls. Yeah. And then uh, Polnareff is like, oh, man, but I wanted to use, like, my hand signals. I had this really cool one that I was going to do. And then he, like, acts, he pantomimes this whole thing, and Kakuin <laughs> just pops up like a creeper and goes like, ah, that means I can see your underwear. And Polnareff is like, yo, yep. my dude, you got it in one. <laughs> I really like this bit. I don't know why it happens, but I'm glad it does. 
They just start doing this really, really sick, like, elaborate handshake with each other. Yeah, it's, it's like that part in Metal Gear Solid 2, when Otacon meets with Snake, <laughs> yeah. and they do that whole thing. Sure, they're doing, like, the Konami code acted out physically. Yeah. And then, like, Joseph is just like, you idiots, we could die at any time! <laughs> and it turns out that's 100% true, because... After Joseph, for one thing, explains how scuba gear works, he says, you breathe out here, and then the expelled uh, carbon dioxide goes out of this side, and the the air comes in through this thing you breathe in, and then the scuba gear, it turns out, is High Priestess, and it's biting Polnareff's lip. Yeah, and then it starts just crawling down his throat. Sure. Ugh, so, uh we get a little bit of Hierophant action because it springs out and also starts crawling down Polnareff's... Or no, it goes up his nose, I think. Mm, sounds right. I watched this a while ago, so... Yeah, okay, I, I did note here. Uh, Priestess starts burrowing down Polnareff's throat, so Hierophant and Hermit shoot up his nose and grab it, and they pull it back out, right. but it transforms into a sentient harpoon gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like two minutes into the episode by the way yeah like the pacing in this is weird like yeah a- after it really the whole last one yeah yeah the, like already more is happening than in the last episode uh so like they they do this thing like the, the spear shooting at them and they dodge it and uh avdol explains that like the stand cannot take the form of water or sea foam so they'll be fine as they're swimming out. They they do get out, and they kind of trap it back inside the submarine. Uh, so they're A-OK unless it, like, were to become a mineral or a metal. Like, I don't know, rocks on the seafloor. Mm-hmm. Which it does. It turns into, like, a giant face made out of rocks. Sure. And everyone starts swimming towards this rock formation that looks like a face. Basically, it's um, like Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple or something. Like the Stardust Crusaders are gonna have to put together the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Oh no, that's Dio's most nefarious plan today. Yeah, none of them can figure it out. It's three pieces. How are they supposed to do that? I mean, like actually, all of them are such idiots. I sincerely don't think they would be able to put it together. <laughs> So, uh, so big face. Th- they start, yeah, they swim towards the big face, and then it swallows everybody up. And uh, I noted here too, like the, the face starts laughing, and like the effect that they do for the voice is really, really good. Yeah, I like all of the effects too, just like of the transformations for the stand. In general, these two episodes I think have some really cool animation in them. Yeah, it's almost like they reached the end of the season, and we're like, oh, we gotta like the rest of the budget is just for us to spend well i mean the next like pair of episodes too i think have some good stuff yeah with the well, water also got to open strong uh yeah. but yeah so priestess ejects all the water out of her stand's nose so everyone is able to just like stand around in her mouth and, and she at, starts at one ex- point they they're like well, wait a second where in the stand are we and i think it's joseph who's just like you idiot we're in its mouth look there are teeth here. There's a giant uvula. Where else would we be? 
You see this cool uniform I'm wearing? It ain't for nothing. <laughs> so, uh, Midler starts explaining through her stand that uh, Jotaro is her type of guy, and she really doesn't want to have to kill him because, like, maybe they could have hit it off, but now she'll never know. And mm -hmm. so, like, Polnareff puts Jotaro up to saying that he would also maybe be into her, and, like, he really wishes he could see her face just once so he could know. And then, like, everyone starts hitting on her, and she starts, like, blushing a lot, because, like, the whole interior of the mouth starts blushing. Mm-hmm. And then she calls her bluff and just starts attacking everyone with her tongue. Yeah. Gets, uh, Jotaro in between the teeth and starts crunching him. Yeah, oh boy, I had wrote here too that this is basically like being inside Jabu Jabu. This is, I mean, this is basically just Vor. Oh no. Like, this is about two steps away from Sonic with a giant distended belly. Hey, look, if you tag this episode with Vor, I'm just gonna put this out there, we probably get more listeners. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to tag it with We Bought a Zoo instead. Okay, I mean, that will get us even more, so, alright. <laughs> Everybody loves We Bought a Zoo. Sure. So, she tried, yeah, she's got him between uh, her molars and is trying to, like, grind him up while she thrashes the others with her tongue to keep them away. And, uh, eventually, like, the teeth clamp down, and everyone thinks that Jotaro's bit it, but then we start hearing a faint aura, 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 aura. And that is when we realize the auras are coming from inside the house. Auras are coming from inside the teeth. I had a teeth that's big enough to live in, man. Sure. Uh, eh, no, it's big not. Comp ah, you should have seen the size, size of, of my. You should have seen the size of my last apartment. <laughs> okay, it's a studio tooth. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Plus loft. I might have been living inside of Midler's mouth. I mean, mm, that's sad. So, I, yeah. Especially when you see how much I was paying for it. Oh, so, uh, Jotaro starts giving her... Oh, yeah. No, you can ask Joseph all about that. Yeah, it's his fault. He ruined the market. <laughs> it's all thanks to trickle-down Reaganomics. And those, this was the 80s. Joseph was just high on coke, buying up all the property. Name this episode Trickle-Down Standonomics. No thanks. So... Joe Taro starts giving her a root canal. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I was thinking about the root canal that I had a few years ago today, actually, because that tooth is hurting. Uh-huh. Which it shouldn't, because it doesn't have a root in it anymore. I don't know what the hell nerve is uh, getting set off there. Mm. But the, the metal on the bottom of the crown is also now showing on the gum, so... Uh, Cool. That doesn't seem good. Yeah, yeah. Root canals are a lot of fun. Did they gas you for it, or just uh, give you the shot? Just gave me the shot. No thanks. Yeah, I listened to uh, whatever the last Larue album was when they were doing that. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I wonder what that that would ruin it for me. 
Uh, you know what? It did, because now I sincerely cannot listen to anything off of uh, Tropical Cancer anymore without thinking of getting a root canal. So. Um, Trouble in Paradise, I believe it's called. Tropical oh, yeah, Cancer yeah, yeah, is yeah. one of the I'm songs. Sorry. Yeah, it's one of the songs. I keep thinking that's the, the song is also no. the album stand. It's a great album, though. Uh, oh, that's, no, it... that's a shame. <laughs> that now yes, I, I just... liked it once many moons ago. <laughs> just here up, uh, uptight downtown and in your brain is just <laughs> just feeling some sort of like rough tube moving down the tooth like from Ugh. the inside yeah Ugh. yeah no it was a uh, super good fun times in there i wonder okay if you go to a dentist like can you just say like i will pay however much to just gas me yes but the gas is also expensive I don't care. And I don't think it's covered by your insurance. So I have I had, don't uh, care. If I was going I in, had, I need gas. Well, I don't think that they, they traditionally, like, knock you out for a root canal, but I think that they could, like, give you the happy gas, like the, the laughing gas, uh, which I have had that before for just a regular filling because he needed to show one of the uh, the new nurses how to use it. So I got that for free once. That stuff is a blast. <laughs> okay, how? It feels so your whole body is just like it's covered in layers of warm blankets. And like, you don't like giggle nonstop. But it's definitely the sensation of just like, you can't take anything seriously at all. Can you still feel like what they're doing though? You can, but you also just don't care. Oh, okay. Like, it's this weird sensation of just, like, I know that they're shoving needles in my mouth and they're drilling into a tooth, but it is impossible for me to care about this. See, those kind of my Like, issue. everything is just all right. Like, before, when I had a feeling, I got the shot, and, like, you don't feel, feel it, like, you don't feel pain, but you feel what they're doing, and that was still terrible enough that I don't want that again. And yeah, so the, I mean, I, I the, thought if you got happy gas, like you would still feel it, and that would be just as bad. You you would, but in you would still feel it, but you just would not care. You'd be incapable of caring about it. And when you leave there, I don't think you would like. I don't have any memory necessarily of that sensation after that particular. Okay, I also oh. uh, worry about what I might say to somebody when under the influence of that. That like, that stuff I don't. I'm, what if I'm in the dentist chair and I start talking to them about how I have an anime podcast? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Not me. Not and, people uh, listening. I'm not going to talk to my friend about this for another day. But I got there's this dog. He's called Iggy. He loves coffee flavored bubblegum. Hey, uh, he actually uh, you growl onto people's faces. And uh, fart on them. It's really funny. <laughs> no, we need to knock him out, nurse. That's, I can't. I can't listen to him anymore. This one's now, in the it, house. Not... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't describe it as being high. Like it is not like you would say something unwittingly that you would later regret. It's not like you're being put under truth serum or something like that, where you just start getting real loose-lipped about stuff. It's just a general feeling of feeling very warm and pleasant. And so it is 
because of that sensation that you have a hard time just taking anything seriously. Okay. Well, my only um, experience with seeing the effects of laughing gas is that scene in Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's also why I'm terrified to sit down on a toilet. Uh, those two. things can blow at any time. It's Lethal I, Weapon it's still 2. Lethal Weapon. It's still Lethal Weapon. Yeah, the two okay. might also be the only one that I've actually seen start to finish. Uh, no, the worst part about getting uh, fillings is the needle, I think, when they actually have to jam that sucker in there, because you feel all of that. I think I've mentioned this to you before. The thing that I hated most about that trip was, um, so I'm sitting in the dentist chair, and he has this really bright light shining in my eyes, and my eyes are sensitive to light anyway, and so they're making my eyes water a lot. And he gets the needle and sticks it in the gum, and it makes me kind of flinch, and like the right oh. eye squints, and that made like a tear roll down. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that'll bring a tear to your eye." And that yeah. that made me so angry that he thought I was crying from that and not just <laughs> the bright light. Oh, he's just going like, "Oh, big baby, want to cry?" Pretty much. Oh, so oh, angry she- about it. I'm never going back to that God, dentist because oh, of that. Yeah. Was the filling in the front of your mouth or the, like the back of your mouth? Front. By the way. Okay, that's like the absolute worst place to get the needle in is like the front upper. Yep, that was it. Oh, shit. That stuff is terrible. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yeah, an- enough Hi, of the dentist back. Talk. Yeah, we're Teeth inside suck. of the mouth. Man, like, yes. for real... I I don't want teeth, I hate them. Get rid of. I them. work with some. Yeah, I keep thinking that maybe I would just like to have dentures and not have to deal with teeth. But then also, like I hear dealing with dentures is a whole other nightmare. I mean, it is. It's still I... bad. It's still bad. It's always going to be bad. It doesn't matter if your teeth are real or fake. It's always going to be shitty. I would rather have dentures. Like at at least because one of the things I hate the most is brushing, uh, especially because I need to use sensitive tooth toothpaste and that only comes in mint and mint burns my mouth. And so uh, that's a nightmare. And so I would rather just have dentures where you just like plop one of those Alka-Seltzers or whatever into a cup and throw it in it. You're you're still supposed to brush those. But at least then I would be doing it out of the mouth. Yes, you would not get to taste the mint, you unimaginable baby. <laughs> it burn like seriously, it burns a lot, including no, like inhaling, I'm... and it's. I know. I'm just. I'm giving you shit about it. I, I know that you actually have some weird sort of like allergy to yes. mint. That's... I wish I didn't. I wish I could just enjoy mint like a regular person. Hey, guess what? I can enjoy a uh, cilantro that doesn't taste like soap. Great. I would trade that to not have a mint allergy. I'm over here at work shoving like three whole sticks of gum into my mouth, just going like, "Ooh, my love mint, slurp, slurp, slurp." I wish, you know, I'm I'm actually so, thinking about just like switching to like kids flavor, like bubble gum flavored toothpaste <laughs> or something, oh, just because like uh, it would at least make that not terrible. You're gonna go to your dentist one day, like. I know you don't want to, but you're going to have to go back, and he's going to be like, "I really need you to bring in your your toothpaste so I can see what you're working with." And the 
thing that's going to be imprinted in his mind is this guy cried once and uses bubblegum flavored toothpaste. Bring, bring in, it's just a Batman shaped toothpaste tube. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not Superman going back to that same dentist. I actually think he might be retired now because that was a while ago. There was, okay, last thing, and I swear to God, we will get back to this episode. The dentist that I went to initially here, there was a prostitution bust, and he was <laughs> one of the dudes who was seeing prostitutes. Wait, what? Yeah. Is this there Dr. This Tim weird, Watley? Like, <laughs> Basically, like, there was this weird, uh, like, a hotel bust that, like, busted open this prostitution ring in this town, and, like, they arrested a few of the Johns, and he was one of them. That's great. I went to him after that, because I did not give a shit. <laughs> I was like, this dude's in proximity of my home. He can fuck whoever he wants. Yeah. I mean, yes, also, I don't have an issue with that, but still, that's really funny. Yeah, no, like, it's always going to be funny when someone you know gets busted or a prostitution sting, but, like... Yeah, like, I don't hold it against him. Whatever. Dude uh, got his. Well, that was a nice aside. Yeah, uh, think of all the snatch I bought him with my money that I paid <laughs> to get my teeth fixed. He's getting mad puss with that insurance payout. <laughs> he just comes into the hotel with the water bills. He's like, show me the puss. <laughs> He saw the okay. He saw, saw the porn parody of Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. Start platinum bus out of this tooth, cause like us, he hates teeth. Yeah. Just burrows his way out. Uh, I'm trying to catch up on my notes here. Uh, he oh yeah, that's right. He doesn't just bust out of the one tooth. He starts breaking all of the teeth. Yep, he just aura auras all the teeth. Oh man, so speaking of dentures, Midler <laughs> She's gonna need gonna have to get them now. Yeah. Cause reminder, uh, in case we have not brought this up recently or you have perhaps forgotten, any damage that happens to a stand is then reflected on its user. So Midler ain't got no teeth now. Mm -hmm. Uh they they get back up to land and they see a woman passed out on the shore and they rightfully identify like, oh that must be a Midler. And Polnareff's like, oh, I wonder if she's actually a babe after all. Let me just go over here and, oh, no. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, you, you don't need to go over here. It's, uh, boy. Man. Joe Tara, what did you do? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you getting us out of there, but, uh, whoa. Yeah. So we actually do not see her, and nope. uh, there is a little bit of an interesting thing with this character that um, you might know, know more about it than me. It's been a, a while since I looked it up. We mentioned it, up, it but... in a previous episode. Oh yeah, we, we might have, but real yeah. quick to touch on it again because it's relevant. Uh, she did not have a design in place. She, in the manga, is just shown passed out. Uh, Araki never made like an official character design for her. So when they did the game on the Dreamcast, they needed something to eat. Uh, uh, so she's got like this uh, belly dancer look. Yep. And also the um, face for that was just um, uh, Yukako from part four. They just used her face for the yeah. character. Yeah. 
So, in a weird way, we will see more of Midler in the future, but not really. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so That's kind uh, of a weird everyone... one to even put in the fighting game to begin with. But yeah, but they know. didn't they like include everybody? Mm, no. I want to see. I want to see even. Oingo and Boingo aren't a... in it. I don't think. Uh, okay. Uh, Anubis, so, I don't think, is in it. I want to say that there is something with Anubis in that game, but maybe I don't quite. I don't quite know because I've, I've not I've not played the game, so I'm not. I haven't sure. played it in a long time. So, uh, they have now officially made it into Egypt. They have yes. crossed the border, uh, and we have like. A little, a little bit of like them sort of reminiscing all the places they've been, like Abu Dhabi, Hong Kong, inside of a brain, a baby's dreams. <laughs> sure. Well, you know? also Kakuin even mentions like we were even in a dream, and the <laughs> others are like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, what? Right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he has this little thing where he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't know about that one." <laughs> That's just my little secret. That was Kakuin's little adventure. <laughs> Sure. Such a great character, even when he has his own episodes, nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, we then jump into the city of Cairo itself, and a man from the Speedwagon Institute is watching a group of nine hooded figures uh, from like a hotel room way, way down the street. He's got like a little pair of binoculars. And uh, suddenly he he hears a noise behind him, and his head gets sliced off by Dio! Dio, he's back. Yes, it's actually been quite a while since we've seen Dio. Yeah. Also, uh, this part was heavily censored in the Crunchyroll version. Like, he was pretty much entirely covered in black, which was I See, I was going to ask that because it's pretty graphic in the version that i saw and the lighting still felt excessively dark yeah so see that's the thing uh, until we got in here into part three and i'm watching these versions instead of the blu-rays i had of uh part one and two like there were even part i even mentioned in parts one and two there were things that i thought had to still be censored because they had stuff like that it's just that yeah. now I realize just how far they go with blacking out stuff. Yeah, like I I have only watched those two episodes, the Death Thirteen, uh, set, and like even that sort of blew my mind how much black is in there, just washed over the frames of gore. So and those also didn't have as much as some of the others do. Like this one, I think is probably the most. Um, this I've been meaning to go back and uh, what the the doll guy, black Eb- ebony devil. Mm. He, he yeah, also... I've I've been meaning to go back and see how bad that dog gets fucked up in the Death Thirteen episodes. Yeah, because that was so so washed over in shadows that I could scarcely tell what was even happening. Yeah. So Dio but, uh, uh, so... messes this dude up. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely dead. Uh huh. 
And uh, we then cut back to Joseph, uh, and he's catching up with Susie Q over the phone, and he's made up like another lie. Because, you know, great. Great job being a spouse, I guess. That's fine. The only way he could be worse is if, is if he, like, cheated on her or something at this point, frankly. Yeah. He's lying to her about his daughter dying. Like, and she she went through the whole thing with cars and all of that madness. And it's the same thing with Arena. Like, Joseph in particular doesn't want to worry his family members. And I can... Oh, well, yes, that too. But I'm saying, like, cars and his men. Oh, sure. Uh, the Pillarman. Yeah. yeah. I was blanking on the name for some reason. Uh, it's this thing with Joseph that he doesn't want to worry his family members. But it means lying to them or just at least obfuscating, like, not being completely forthright. Like, mm -hmm. he's forced to lie to Susie Q, but with Arena, it's more like, I'm just not going to tell her anything about this thing. But I'm not going to, like, make up a lie to hide it. Okay. And, like, I Here's guess I Because he was care. just sort of like... I don't know. It's, it's shitty to me because I think that those characters could handle it. Yeah, probably. Like, I think when you got a ancient... An ancient half-naked guy who is now just a brain shooting his veins into <laughs> you. Anything after that is kind of just like, I can handle it. Yeah, like, this guy is a vampire hiding out in Egypt isn't quite as crazy. Yeah, my daughter is dying from a ghost is not as weird yeah. as this man's blood can melt me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, just, I think they could handle it, and so it progressively gets weirder to me that there's even a need to keep a secret like that, but but whatever. It is a very minor... Whatever. They got a dude and buggy now. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that's a sick dune buggy, by the way. Then the guy came up to me in the dune buggy, and I was like, whatever. Because <laughs> this is my United States of whatever. Uh, so uh, remember that it man i have not thought about that until about 10 seconds ago and i wish i did not remember it same here <laughs> thanks so after the credits no problem we see a helicopter flying over the sands of egypt piloted yeah. by two men from the speedwagon institute mm -hmm. and in the back is a blanket and something emerges from it. A dog, perhaps, but who knows? <laughs> perhaps. No no way to tell until the next season. Yeah. Uh, manga? Oh, also, everybody poses in front of the car. <laughs> right. We get they stop in the middle of the desert to pose. Yeah, and then it goes badumch, and the season is over. Manga anime differences! An extra scene is included where a Speedwagon Foundation worker spies on a gathering of nine of Dio's assassins. However, Geb quickly decapitates him. Apparently it's Geb that decapitates that him, Geb? not Dio. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense, because um, the world doesn't like have blades. Okay. No, but remember that Dio himself is able to produce flesh buds and crap like that. Dio was able sure. to karate chop his own head off in the past. 
Yeah. Like, Dio's capable of more than just what the world would be capable of. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Which, by, by, the, by the way, just to make it known, I have had what the world's power is, like, spoiled for me long, long ago, so. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you've seen the game. Yes, I've... <laughs> Yeah, like, I've seen the fighting game, so I know. Also, you but just I know just... all of the references to Zawaru, though. So... Yes. So I just I wanted to make that known that I, I would know that even though his stand is not capable of doing that per se, I think that Dio himself would at least be able to. But Maybe. But yeah. Well, this says Geb, and the JoJo wiki's always accurate, so... Yeah, I was about to say, like, you know what? I kind of trust my own notes in this case more than the JoJo's wiki. Yeah. It also says, much like the previous episode, several scenes featuring Suzy Q were added. Now, Suda says, uh, strap yourself in, because this is, this is oh, a no, thing. I don't think I got, no, I don't think I got a seatbelt on this chair. Well. Okay, lost. no, it's okay, I'll just hold on really, really tight. The scenes on diving gear take up more than half of this episode, but these devices are really difficult to draw. Jotaro and Avdol were particularly tricky because of the accessories they already wear normally. We didn't know what was where anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I don't know, we'll just put this belt on his head. We were all very tired and wanted to go home. <laughs> the only silver lining, their obstructed mouths do not require lip synchronization. <laughs> oh, good. This is a new underwater episode after the 6th against Dark Blue Moon. Although the aquatic environment had given us a lot of problems again, it was a pleasure to make the sign language scene between Kakuin and Polnareff. I love seeing them in sync like this. They are really well tuned. Since this is the last fight, we had wished to make everyone participate. Every character is given his little action scene. The scene where High Priestess attacks by transforming into a harpoon was drawn by Katayama, the action scene animation director, up to the key drawings for a beautiful result. There is the scene where High Priestess becomes red, seen from the inside of the mouth and not the cheeks. We went from a pink as a reaction to the flattery of, wait, pink as a reaction to the flattery to an angry red. I hope this effect will have its little impact. When the group finally step, this is about halfway through. When the group finally steps on Egyptian soil, they stand on the beach, facing the sea. There is a shot on the water surface, rather discreet, but was the only way which asked the most work because of the transparency effect. Man, whoever wrote that one really gave up. <laughs> um, the scene where Jotaro tosses a starfish stuck on him wasn't in the original storyboard, but we added it in the process of animation. They didn't put that in the differences! See? So... These people, they don't know what's going on. It wasn't Geb, it was Dio. <laughs> it might have been. It was Dio. the idea of the... I'm leaving. There's nine... There's nine people with stands named after Egyptian gods. He specifically counts out nine people leaving. Why would Dio just throw one of the hoods on and be like, Hey Geb, I don't know, why don't you go kill this guy? I don't know. Maybe he got in there behind him really fast. I... I mean, um, it was an idea of the dire director, Mr. Kato. It's maybe at this moment that Jotaro takes an interest in underwater fauna to then dedicate his life to research and even a PhD. At least you can picture it like this. 
Ha ha ha. Oh my god. What is he talking is Joe about? Taro... Is he a marine is he biologist? Like... <laughs> marine biologist? I don't I don't remember. I feel oh, like I know that's a job for a boring person. <laughs> I feel like they say what <laughs> Jotaro does in part four, but I don't remember if that's it. God, I'm just picturing Jotaro sitting down in the coffee shop going, and I went up to the mighty beast. <laughs> said, whoa, big fella. Well, that's after Jotaro tried a, a brief career in imports and exports. You know, the yeah. sick thing is, is I know the Kramer stand-in would be Polnareff. He's exactly the kind of person who would go golfing on the beach and then get a golf ball <laughs> stuck inside of a whale's blowhole. Sure. The last scenes are all original. Okay, there. so there's another part that was not in the manga anime differences. Thanks. Uh, the review of the enemy stands until then. Dio in his mansion, a phone call to Susie Q. Everything here allows us to wrap up the journey and really give a last episode feel. Oh, and I had mentioned before about a uh, Easter egg in the opening. Um, and it's when there are... When showing the five like orbs or beams of light or whatever going across the globe how there's the one on the right that sort of shoots off elsewhere and that's supposed to be Iggy and then um, the intro to this last episode has sound effects and when that one goes by it has a dog howling sound oh that's, so that's cute a, yeah, by that's the a way nice thing. good thing uh, Suda said to strap myself in because that was a trip yeah that was a real long ride Oh good, the next one's short. Okay. I oh. I took a look oh. ahead. Yeah, because I got a lot of notes for this next episode. Yeah. So do we keep going? Because this has already been a rather long stand and deliver. It's only been an hour. We're heading 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 oh, okay. I thought hey. it was uh oh, that's also, right. We have been talking This is the direct uh directly the halfway point in this. So you know what that means? Intermission? No. Time Get for up plugs. And stretch? No, plugs. Oh, I mean, okay. you you can stretch if you want while I do this. All right. Okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do some squats. Okay. So, halfway time. I don't like to do this very often, but it's time for plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at LarryDavis2099. Uh, I had to change it from the previous handle for various reasons that we've gone into previously. Um, you can check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash alwaysbedestroying. Uh, you can go to destroyallchildren.com if you want to see a website that we don't update anymore. Um, I mean, that's also that's, the YouTube hey, page is a website that we don't update anymore. Well, so hopefully that'll be changing soon we'll see we when when we are not completely inundated with talking about jojo's bizarre adventure we might do some more stuff with that but until then yeah i think probably once we get into part f uh five yeah probably. you besides doing this we both have other stuff going on so this is actually like the the big thing on our plate so we need to we need to get to uh part four yeah part five, five i'm five. sorry I mean, um, we, we gotta get through part four. Yeah. 
But okay, I think that's kind of it for plugs, right? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I, you know, I said I had stuff going on, but I ain't got a damn thing going on. That was a lie. I'm sorry. Great. Okay. I don't have anything. No, I, I don't have anything at this time to to plug. No, I'm. Okay. The stuff I'm doing inside is 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 just for me. All right, great. Well, that's done quickly. On to uh, episode twenty-five. Iggy the Fool and Gebs Ndul. I assume that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Thanks for the input. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bother to learn it. The gang is in Egypt! Yeah, we're here. Finally! Stardust that Crusaders means like battle we're... in Egypt. Yeah, you know, they're, they were trying to get to Egypt, so we got like five more episodes until we get to Dio, probably. Mm, I don't know about that. They're, 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 it took them how long to get to Egypt? Come on, it's not that much. <laughs> don't got that much to travel. I mean, it's a well, brisk swim down the Nile and Bing Bam Boom, you're there. Well, as they discuss in this episode, uh, they ran out of tarot cards, and uh, <laughs> so now they have to come up with some other naming convention for the enemies. Um, yeah. So, and also, we're not done with the tarot cards, technically, because the world well, and whole horse are still out there. Yeah. Uh, so, they're greeted by the helicopter from the Speedwagon Institute from the last episode, and Joseph men mentions that the Institute has sent a backup, and Avdol realizes who's on board, and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, he, he, uh... He throws some shit at Ponoref and is just like, yeah, this dude Stand, the fool, is too powerful. Like, not even the hero of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Jean-Pierre Ponoref, would stand a chance against it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... as much as Ponoref is the hero of Part 3, Iggy might be the best character of Part 3. They make it, They make an excellent duo. Yeah, they do. Like, if he's not the best, he's definitely second best. Uh, but it's, it, it, weirdly enough, they sort of punt this episode off to, like, a more tertiary character. Mm-hmm. Like, you got this guy named Jotaro who's mostly doing stuff over this episode and the next one. Yeah, I don't... Probably, yeah, whatever. But, but hey, uh, we get introduced to the Fool, who is uh, an adorable little gremlin of a dog. I love just how a, ugly he is. God, he's so gross, and I want like a stuffed animal of him. Yeah, but of this form. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I had linked you that other thing that I found when I was looking for. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. so basically, they keep saying that this dog has personality issues. And Polnareff is sort of ignoring that, and he is, like, antagonizing Iggy, and then Iggy uh, just jumps onto his face, and we find out that his favorite pastime is chewing out human hair by the mouthful. Also, yep. he farts. He farts while he does this. Sure. He's just so irritable, like, he hates everybody. Yeah. Also, I'm calling it right now. This is a dog in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? 
I do not know where they are going with Iggy. Uh, the the beats that I thought that they would follow with his character development over these two episodes does not play out as I thought it did. So I got no idea. Okay. But I'm right now. I am betting this dog dies violently. <laughs> okay. It is still a dog in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and yeah. thus must obey the dog laws of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Dog laws. One dog law. Dog dies. I am Bob Law Law. I'm an expert in dog law. <laughs> Check out there's Bob Law Law's bill... dog law blog. There's a there's a billboard I pass by here all the time for these two lawyers, and they just look like the biggest dopes in the world. Like these were just two brothers born and raised in a trailer, and just like in a wreck. Oh my heck! Call our number now. <laughs> There's an ad for a lo- like you know one of those like s- ambulance chaser lawyers here, like a, a real Lionel Hutz type, who has this sheep dog in the commercial, and he's like, "This is our dog. He's now a paralegal, and he wants to help you with one of your cases." And they like put a tie on the dog and stuff, and then they do the thing where. Uh, they gave it peanut butter so it licks its lips and then someone voices over like reading the phone number and it's just like 918-834-9000 or something it's all it's fun terrible. and games until it's time for opening arguments and they pull out the peanut butter man <laughs> uh, so okay this dog the is it's... Rest, your honor <laughs> Pow! <laughs> wow! What a good defense it was. <laughs> we we find the defendant guilty on all counts, and that dog guilty of being adorable. There's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't be a lawyer. Okay. Um, <sighs> this is a weird semi sequel to Airbud that we're starting to pitch here, so we need to move on. No, please. It's uh, a sequel to MVP, Most Valuable Primate. <laughs> Nobody asked for that. Nobody asked Horror for F- Airbud Golden Receiver either, but it happened. That's not true. I was asking for that. Uh, Pornoref tries to stab this dog, by the way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Trying to move the timetable up on it dying. Uh, but it summons the fool, which yeah. is... Uh, a sand stand, a stand made of sand. Uh-huh, sand stand. Yeah, and it swallows chariot sword. And, uh, by the way, sand stand. Sand stand. Really also, useful for a place like Egypt. Yeah, and the fool just looks rad. It's like, it's a yeah, Mad Max yeah. bird. Like, it looks like it's from the cover of a Judas Priest album. I had just watched Fury Road, so I'm extremely into the fool. Sure. Who isn't? Uh, I mentioned to you, so last aside, I swear, I swear to God. I don't believe it. Uh, the, the sound mixing in Mad Max Fury Road is such that all the sound effects are super, super loud, but the dialogue is really quiet. Yeah. And so I watched this late at night. I fucking hate it when movies do, do that. I, I watch it late at night, so I have to, like, turn the volume much lower than I would like on my TV, so I'm pretty much, like, forced to turn the subtitles on. Anyway, favorite subtitle in any movie ever is 
plays guitar riff menacingly. Sure. That seems like something that would be in JoJo, too. Like one of those floating onomatopoeias. God, everything about that guitar guy was awesome. I, I could do a whole hour and a half long podcast episode about just that movie that movie is amazing you talk about the uh, doof warrior uh, yeah so many people were that. mad about that movie because they were like max isn't even the main character like yeah he matt max was the jotaro of previous movies too mostly yeah like, he kind of just he was there also, Furiosa is, like, great. Like, yeah. they were talking about doing a movie just about Furiosa. I would be extremely into that. Yeah, me too. Whatever happened to that? I sh- uh, they they started production of it, and then they kind of shifted gears and were like, no, actually, we're going to do another Mad Max movie first, but we're still doing this Furiosa thing. Mm. Which is, like, movie man talk for, like, this probably isn't going to happen. George but... Miller decided he would rather make a new Happy Feet. <laughs> oh, no. But it's got Furiosa in it, so you see, it's a totally different... This isn't your your mom's happy feet. Well, he needed somebody to replace Robin Williams. <laughs> God, no. Sorry, it's just true. It is. Pornriff could have wished on the genie to bring Robin Williams <laughs> back, but he didn't do it. <laughs> well, no, he thought the genie was Robin Williams. Pornriff, you fool! <laughs> No, the fool is Iggy's stand. Well, you've you've got this all messed up. I don't know what's wrong with you today. You've had too much happy guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got all these holes in my teeth. It's really hard to think right now. Mm, oh my like heck. Swiss cheese. <laughs> so I've so turned into a goddamn fever dream. Uh, so um. <laughs> trying to catch up on my notes again. Oh my god. So uh Polner tries to stab it, blah blah blah. Um so I I got written down here this quote, uh right, the simple ones are usually the strongest. I don't think I could beat it. Not even going to attempt to. That would mean doing something interesting. My greatest weakness. Nope. <laughs> I suppose we should just get going. Joe Taro, a wiener. Okay. Uh, also, Iggy summons uh, the fool to fight Polnareff, and he beats Polnareff, um, but is sort of like distracted from him by his favorite treat, which Abdul says is coffee-flavored chewing gum. So I immediately had to start looking up where to get this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I did find uh, that there are multiple coffee-flavored chewing gums out there. Uh, there is one in particular that looks a whole lot like the one used in the show, which is to say it has a red wrapper. Uh, but that was yeah. described as having like a, a a thick cappuccino-like flavoring to it, which sounds super good, but it's also expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I might actually buy some, so we might have an episode here coming up where I'll... Uh, I might let people know how good coffee-flavored chewing gum actually is. Live taste test, just you chewing coffee gum into the mic. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, no, that'll make for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's pretty It could have been be worse than the last, like, hour and 15 minutes of this podcast where we mostly talked about teeth getting drilled into. That was pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I liked it. 
I mean, uh, what's the Ponros here also about an anime? Yeah, who wants to do that? Anyway, Ponros here still makes a cassette rewinding sound when it's fixed, which <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, still real good. And uh, the Speedwagon guys uh, give Joseph his new arm here and a camera for spirit photos, uh, which he uses to take like a really nice picture of the gang. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, uh, Iggy is in this, and I'm actually surprised after literally everything that we just saw that that dog would be okay for a photo. Eh, you know. Yeah. He, he was. And they probably. Gave he was distracted gum. by gum. Yeah. Uh, they are also in. There are multiple points in this, by the way, where that gum just looks like really sticky dog shit, and it keeps confusing me. Yeah. Uh, but they also let him know that nine men and women were meeting Dio, and about the murder in the hotel room, and uh, that this is where Kakuin brings up like, okay, well, you know, there's still the world and whole horse, and then you're out of tarot cards, so that's like eleven people we got to deal with. Yeah. Oh, didn't mention um Echoing just over there this going new, this is a new oh. half, so there's a new intro. And this song oh, yeah. sucks. Oh. Holy cow. I do I do like the bit where they're on the stairs and like there's a light source that is swinging from left to right, and each time it swings the other way you get a silhouette of one of the enemy stands. No, I like the animation for a lot of this. It's the song well, that's I, terrible. I mean, though, like, in that particular part, the way it syncs up with the song, too, I think is really good. I don't like but that, it. But that little, like, five to eight second bit in the rest of the song being the only thing that I enjoy from it is still pretty bad. It just, it sounds like they wrote about six or seven different songs and just cut them up and stuck them together. Yeah. You tell me you don't like somebody singing their aura aura auras that's maybe the one part that, i do kind of like <laughs> that that bit is like also kind of good like those those two parts i enjoy but yeah the rest of this is... i especially hate the very first part with the two overlapping vocals it's like there's there's this one song by capsule um on whatever the album is with the um, eternity it's oh you are the reason i think is the name of the song and it's very similar to that where it's just these two vocals that are overlapping in a weird way it just does not sound right at all and i hate it and i hate everything about it and i also hate the opening of the song i hate it more than um anything in the series so far except for something we haven't gotten to yet in part four which is a character that i hate i don't want to watch that episode again but we'll get there. Uh, you know, Death 13. Uh, no, that's fine. It's stand, it's stand user is still the thing that I think I hate the most. But uh, that's, no, that was uh, okay. Well, that's very personal for me, so I understand that. Hey, we were talking uh, before recording this about Yu Yu Hakusho. How did you feel about yeah. Kuinbu? <laughs> I wanted to bash that little piece of shit against a wall, so I didn't have to look at him anymore. Well, what did you feel about when he gets like an adult form, but he still has the pacifier no, in his mouth? No, it's worse because <laughs> he still has the pacifier in his mouth. It's way worse. Okay. But I'm like, also, to be fair, by the time that happens, I've completely checked out of that show. Wait, was Kuinbu his name? Or was that. Kuinba. Kuinma. Yeah, Kuinbu is the. Um, you shut the fuck up, dad guy. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> to be fair, he is like second in command of hell or whatever, and it's his dad that runs the show. So I mean, sure. you know. But yeah, by the time he becomes Everyone the adult, in the thing, chat it's... room is yelling at me. <laughs> My ratings are dropping. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh man, yeah, that that also happens around the dark tournament, which is the part that if you're still watching that show, boy, good for you. That's where I checked out. Got more, yeah, yeah, way more patience than I do. Uh, so yeah, there, there is while all this is going on, there's a man on top of a cliff, and he seems to sense that the gang is there, but he is blind, and so we get this little bit of him walking. And a fly is buzzing around him, and he tries to catch it, but misses. And so at first I'm thinking this is like, oh, they're going to, like, go for the cool guy, blind man. Like, he's blind, but, like, he can do crazy things that not even someone with perfect eyes I could do. But when he missed, I thought, like, oh, okay, maybe, like, this is still an exaggerated but a bit more genuine representation of a blind man. And then, nope. He just smacks his cane against a rock on the ground, and it shoots up and smacks this fly out of the air. Sure. Turns out he's Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, man. And so, uh, yeah, this is the, the first that we have of our new Egyptian god stand users. Um, what was his uh, stand again? Geb. Geb. Okay, that's Geb. right. Geb and, Geb and Duel. Gab. Gabin. Nadul. Nadal. Nadal. Gabin. Duel. I think it's in. I think it's in duel. In duel. Oh, this guy's name is terrible. Anyway. Uh, Apparently. Uh, so. His, his namesake is. Yusau Endure. Who is a, a singer from Senegal. Why would I don't know? In 2004, Rolling Stone magazine described him as perhaps the most famous singer alive. Oh, in Senegal. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was like, all right, what? yeah. I was and... like, wow. Uh, no. So uh, the the gang is driving along, and they happen across the helicopter, uh, but it is crashed, and uh, one pilot is found with a mouthful of water and a fish in it. And yeah. the other is alive and severely dehydrated, and he's, like, mumbling about water. Uh, so Joseph grabs a canteen, and uh, a hand made of water shoots out of the canteen and grips all the flesh on this man's face and yeah. rips it along with his head clean off yeah. and then sucks it into the canteen. It's pretty good. I cannot imagine how much fucking shadow was on your screen during this whole bit yeah like that whole head was just black it is so gruesome yeah i had to pause after that and just be like whoa yeah i remembered that part though from the comic so uh it was probably even worse then Jesus Christ, show like they go for it yeah it's it's always been so weird to me that um Jojo was marketed as a shonen book and not seinen because a lot yeah. of it like both the art and just the general uh, obscene violence and it seemed more in line with the seinen series. Yeah. Uh for those at home who uh maybe don't know, could you explain what a seinen is? Nope. Could could you maybe could you maybe 
please explain for me? <laughs> a seinen is for older audiences. Like Fist of the North okay, Star thank- is a seinen series. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know. M- Mr. Seinen shows up uh, for the Cell games. and uh, Oh! <laughs> what Egyptian god does he represent? Uh, Set? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, dude's head gets sucked into a canteen, and like the group is kind of separated in two. There's uh, Abdul, Jotaro, and Joseph on one end, and then Paul and Ref and Kakuin on the other. And um, Iggy. And Kak- uh, Iggy is in the car still. Oh right. Which is more towards Joseph and the rest. And then Kakuin tells Paul and Ref like, "Hey, why don't you go poke that canteen with Chariot?" And he's like, hell no, man. It's such a guy's whole head into that thing. You do it. And Kakuin's like, nope. Not gonna do it. So Kakuin being a bum is the first one to get attacked here because like the water emerges from the ground and the hand comes out and it slices through his damn eyeballs. Yep, both of them. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, so this is about the point where they realize it's attracted uh, to sound uh, because an alarm starts going off on one of the dead Speedwagon guys' watch and it, like, jumps over to the watch and chops the whole hand off. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how this was marketed as a shonen manga. Yeah. Because <laughs> this episode is violent. I believe it was a, uh, eventually moved to Seinen, maybe around Steel Ball Run, I think. Oh, sure, like almost towards the end of the current run. Uh, Timely, very timely. Look, Jojolian has been going for quite a while. Yes, I understand, but still, it had been going on for quite a while before. Oh, yeah, yeah. They should have moved it to Seinen a long time before that. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe maybe around part one. Yeah, probably. You know, when he was pulling the vein out and fiddling with it. Maybe the part where they cook a dog alive and it jumps out of the box and you see the dog. No, that's fine. That's that's great for all ages. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's shown in a cell. Yeah. So uh, the sound trickling, like the sound of Kakuin's blood trickling off his face and hitting the ground alerts it again. So Ponorev books it for the buggy with Kakuin and uh, he barely makes it there. He gets hit in the leg. And then, like, everyone falls silent as a group, and the stand kind of loses them for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, they get on top of the buggy. Um, so, we cut over to Ed and Dow. Duel. Duel. And he is, uh, he's got his cane to the ground, and he's able to detect vibrations uh, in the sand caused by sound and movement. Uh, so they're on the buggy because they know that, like, it's going to sort of uh, dampen any movement and any sound that they're making. I was really disappointed to not start playing Dune Buggy by uh, the Presidents of the United States of America. I'm consistently disappointed by the lack of Dune Buggy by the Presidents of the United States of America that I encounter on a day-by-day basis. Hello, Dune Buggy! In the sand! It's this everybody's why I'm favorite. never disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah. Going to the so then Iggy gets out of the, Iggy gets out of the oh yeah no we eat him out of a can yep they were put there by a man mm. yeah I- Iggy just books it out I, of the buggy he's like nope don't want any part of this 
Well, no, he has like just woken up mm-hmm. and just decides to get out for a stretch. Uh, oh, yeah. And well, well, they sort of like imply that he maybe sensed that it was going to come and attack them from underneath the dune buggy because yeah. it starts like swallowing it up. And uh, Iggy just falls asleep. <laughs> and the stand users, like, he senses... So it's the stand user uh, and Dowl who um, senses Iggy get out of the dune buggy. And he's like, oh, did that dog predict what I was going to do and get out of the dune buggy? And then Iggy falls asleep and he's like, ah, okay, whatever. Time to kill these bozos. It's just a dumb dog. Never mind. Yeah. And uh, so water starts like slicing through the tires, and the gang gets flung into the air, and the episode ends. Okay. Let's see. Di- uh, differences. The anime features a group photo scene explaining the origins of Jotaro's framed picture, seen in chapter 443 of part 5. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, cool. Uh, the group photo in the anime has Kakuin's hair pointed the left while in the manga his hair is pointing to the right okay. cool Suda says this is a short one thankfully the beginning oh. of the Egypt arc also marks Iggy's first appearance just like in the manga he begins with a somewhat disgracious design indeed when I looked at him on screen I couldn't help but mock him ha 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 in fact Iggy has several designs we have the one for his first appearance only Another one used during the Endul fight, the one used from episode 27 onward, and finally the cute one from the second half of the season, making it four distinct designs. It was the series director Kenichi Suzuki who was in charge of the storyboard of the first episode in Egypt. The result is flawless as expected. As for the plot, the problems immediately come, and Kakuin is taken out before having a chance to shine. Is the same story as in the manga, and makes you realize the terrifying menace that this new enemy represents. By the way, during the making of this episode's trailer, we had to hide Kakuin's defeat. The team must have slaved a lot for the editing. So yeah, they mentioned the difference uh, in the designs for Iggy. I remember it shifting in the book, but it was like way later. Like he looked weird like this for a lot longer than he does in the anime. Well, uh, thankfully, we just have one more episode to go because I'm getting pretty hungry. Yeah, I mean, you know, Iggy's a dog. Yeah, no, I was actually thinking of getting some corn dogs. Yeah, well, you know how much I love corn dogs, but you know what I don't love? No, well, what's that? Having to pay a premium for my dogs at the grocery store. They're frozen, they're expensive, they fall apart. It's, It's just not a good time. You know, for a long time now, I've been thinking there has to be a better way, right? Yeah, I, I have the same problem day in and day out. Well, now there is. Pete's House of Corn Dogs Biz is the premier web-based corn dog retailer, offering the largest variety of corn dogs, both international and domestic. They have cheese dogs, they have ranch dogs, they have cracked corn dogs, and yes, they even have the wasabi dog. That's right, the Wasabi Dog is back by popular demand, but this seasonal treat will only be available until October 22nd, so get your orders in. Good news, as a listener of Stand and Deliver, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast, you'll be getting 25% off your first order with free shipping. 
That's right, all you have to do is go to www.peteshouseofcorndogs.biz slash offer, click on the microphone, type in offer code PULNAREF to get 25% off your order today. Now, I've been uh, using Pete's House of Corn Dogs for a while now. Uh, I really like the uh, Pepper Jack Cheese Corn Dog. Oh, sure, that's one of my favorites, too. You know, I like my cheese to be very, very sassy. You know what I like most about Pete's House of Corn Dogs. Biz is, you know, when you get those corn dogs from the grocery store, like the state fair ones, the coating on them, it's kind of gross. Like it feels mushy. These are artisanal corn dogs. They only use the oh, finest yeah. ingredients for the dogs. Yeah, these are top shelf corn dogs. You know, these aren't the the crap that you're going to get at the grocery store i've had coney island corn dogs before i would actually say that the corn dogs i get off of pizza are better than those by like a mile. yeah i mean you would think like oh i'm ordering these corn dogs from the internet they're not going to be that good by the time they get here you know what they're, they're just gonna be ruined but no they send them in these patented refrigerated boxes uh, i i don't know how pete does it but you know, yeah, that that they're, technology they're, alone could make him a millionaire. They're biodegradable too, which is sure. the best part. Because yep. I mean, if there's anything I hate more than having like the corn dog fall apart on me that I pay way too much money for, like you know, I, I do at the grocery store, it's having to recycle everything. So just being able to sort of toss this out with the rest of the trash, like no must, no fuss, corn dogs. It's a dream come true. Yes. Can you take the Can you take the audio levels down for a sec? How much how much corn dog money do did we get for this? Um, um I mean it kinda of depends on how many click throughs we get. Because that's what the offer code is for. It it tells All right, people because that the the gum is twenty two dollars and I really don't want to pay twenty Well, um we'll hopefully we'll get enough from this. Okay. Yeah, no if, you know, it's just twenty two I can pay for the shipping. The shipping's fine. Okay, it's not prime. No, it's I, it's an international thing, so it's like it's going to take a while okay, to get here anyway. Right, of course. It's shipping's only like five. It's only like five bucks for the shipping. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's Pete's House uh, of Corn Dogs Biz. Remember, yes. offer code Polnareff, twenty five percent off. Yeah. Today. Next episode. It, you, the fool and Geb and Owl Part Two. Part Two. Yeah. So uh, the gang hits the ground and uh, the water recedes, vanishing for I don't know what reason. It seems like he had him dead rights. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, seems like maybe an error in his plan. Yeah. Uh, so and Guile still knows that they've landed though. So whatever. And uh, Abdul has this plan that's actually somewhat smart like he takes his bracelets off and he chucks them into the sand spaced out just far enough to make it appear as if someone is like tiptoeing away uh and he's hoping to force the stand out of hiding so he can hit it with magician's red what he doesn't count on is that and ghoul is going to sort of like get wise to it because he's only able to go so far out with his bracelets and then just sort of stops yeah and it makes no sense that somebody would do that if they're sneaking away so uh he misses because the stand ends up coming out of the water at a different angle to strike him. 
and uh, it it cuts into Avdol's neck, and it sort of just leaves him to bleed out. Yeah. Uh, because before he can kill him, Jotaro, a punk ass bitch, stands <laughs> up and starts running away. I mean, yeah, but this is a, an all right plan. All and he picks considered. a biggie and shouts, all right, every character that sucks, it's time to get out. <laughs> what? You... I'm just kidding. He's okay. great. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. Then um, Svengooli hears these uh, footsteps <laughs> running. And he's like, what is this guy doing? He's He must know that I can hear him. Yeah, so... Uh... He's drawing him away from the rest of the group, obviously. Um, and then Iggy uses the fool to form a glider and duplicate of himself to escape from Jotaro. But, like, Jotaro grabs onto the glider anyway and is just like, look, you son of a bitch, dog. You. I love this whole coffee part. Coffee love, son of a bitch. Just, just Iggy's like, I want out of here. I don't like this guy. I'm I'm going to, going to escape. I'm gonna jump up here. I'm gonna glide away. And Jotaro just jumping up and grabbing onto this little gremlin dog. Yeah, Jotaro's just like I will punch your head off. <laughs> uh, I love Iggy so much. Meanwhile, like Endowl is confused because like nothing is touched back down on the sand, and uh, he has not yet. Well, he eventually he figures out like, oh, okay, well the dog sand must be like capable of light. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only capable of going so far because it being a glider is a uh, pull down by Jotaro's weight. Uh, so he has to kick back up into the air using Star Platinum, uh, mm-hmm. which sends him super high. But it also like tips off uh, and and Dual to where he's at. Dural, in Dural, yes, and Dural, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um. His stand is, like, chasing behind him, and it's, like, whipping up sand into the air, uh, so it kind of, like, rains down, and, like, the noise of the sand hitting the top of the fool kind of tips him off to where they're at. Yep. Uh, and so Jotaro tries for a counterattack when it finally, like, shows up to kill him, um, but he misses, and his shoulder is sliced open. And so Iggy decides, like, fuck Jotaro... I'm just going to dive into the sand, pushing all my weight into Jotaro, so, like, this creep will know exactly where he's at, but I'll be fine. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's just, he's grinning and laughing during all of this. Yeah. I mean, he knows Jotaro sucks. Yeah. Oh, he's the best. It's it's a wonder he's not farting profusely during all of this, <laughs> I, frankly. I feel like at this point, maybe Iraqi just hadn't thought of that. Otherwise, he definitely would be. It is almost kind of... If, if Iggy were a more... Um, a more caring and empathetic character, instead of having Star Platinum, like, give away their position by kicking himself up in the air, Iggy probably would have just, like, ripped hella ass, and it would have made the glider go back up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead, uh, is is this? I think this is the part where a uh, a Jotaro sees a off in the distance, and so he just grabs Iggy by the head and chucks him at him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wrote here, um, fed up with this dog's crap, Jotaro uses Star Platinum to just throw Iggy full force at Endudu. Yep. And uh, he's like, okay, well, like, these idiots will have to use their stands or they're totally going to collide with each other. And sure enough, they do, and it knocks um, Endudu's cane away. Mm -hmm. So... Because of this, like, uh, he doesn't know where Jotaro is at anymore, and he finally senses it because uh, Jotaro's shadow overhangs his stand. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, oh, okay, well... I am behind, behind you. Behind me. Yeah. So uh, Jotaro lands, like, a devastating hit on the guy's chest, um... And, like, this is a, a moment where they're each attacking at the same time, like, this desperation thing. Uh, but Jotaro's lands full force, and uh, Enduel's sort of just misses skewering Jotaro's head. It knocks his hat off. Yep. But Jotaro goes, my hat! <laughs> my hat! Straight out of America 3000. Yeah. He, as he's saying it, he claps both his hands on his head at the same time. It's a reference nobody will understand. Nope, not at all. Wait until next episode when we sneakily drop in a Kiss and the Phantom of the Park reference. Or something about Turkish Star Wars. Oh, see, see Balki and not Balki fought, and then he melted down the Shazam sword to create God Hands. And, uh, anyway. Yeah, all this while there's, like, intercut with footage of Russian satellites launching into space. Uh-huh. Why not? Oh, the magic of filmmaking. So the magic of Turkish Star Wars. Yeah, the only film that came out, the only film ever made in Turkey. By the way, fun <laughs> yeah. cinema fact for you: That's uh, it. they never made any more movies before or since. They made that one, said, "Well, we can't do any better than this. Might as well pack it up." <laughs> this is the pinnacle of our country's achievement. We no longer have a country. We're deciding to end it early. Yeah. This is the highest and artistic And that's when they elected Erdogan. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish Star Wars, the worst thing to happen to Turkey since World War I. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, where are we? So Endul's on the ground and uh, Jotaro... It has spared him, but Enduel is like, you ain't going to get me to talk. Snitches get stitches, yo, and uses his stand to basically shoot himself in the head. Yeah. But it doesn't kill him. No, he still kind of talks for a while. He has a gaping brain wound, and he is still talking. Yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes. I've Kind of went over this, this is... about uh, uh, the uh, head shooting in uh, Avdol's case. Yep. Yeah, this is like Bud Dwyer slumping against the wall and then explaining in detail why he did it. <laughs> yeah. Says this will hurt somebody and then does it. And then sitting there, he's just like, Oh, it so, just hurt me. Yeah. We'll see. The problem was there was this evidence. I, I was convicted. And I, I was railroaded by this whole thing. Eventually, you're going to find out that I wasn't actually guilty of this, so that's why I did this, to avoid being in jail for something I didn't do. Uh, okay, well, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
and then he dies. Oh god. So uh but yeah, he nice he, he he is just like I am loyal to Dio. Uh I don't fear death. I've never feared death. I fear no man cuz my stand has allowed me to get away with anything. I'm a criminal. Uh I've been a criminal since I was a kid. I was kid crimin. And then <laughs> I met Dio. The crim kid, kid crime, that was me. And then Dio showed up, and I was like, oh boy, this guy's scary. But Dio basically is like the first person to make him feel like he had any worth. And so like the only thing he does fear is being cast aside by him. Like He doesn't want a sort of Inyaba situation where Dio thinks so lowly inherently that he doesn't trust him. The Inyaba situation is going to be at the main stage of Coachella. I don't think I'm going to go this year then Yeah me either uh, Well ticket prices have gone up so far You know, It's all scalpers now Pod brownies Really bad the last time Yeah people charging $8 for a bottle of water It's like come on That's against the I don't spirit even like, I don't even like pot I just really like brownies You just you can only get the pot brownies It's kind yeah, of frustrating They don't taste good No Man, I'm just feeling really sleepy not the good kind of sleepy like when I finish a brownie The bad kind of sleepy yeah. I end up having Fucking dreams with babies in them Oh no Teeth. <laughs> There's a dog and it's a lawyer in it it's No good <laughs> uh, Joe did... <laughs> There's just a dog chewing bubblegum He tells me to kill To kill <laughs> No, I want um, you to kill. Kill. It's the best uh, thing Spike Lee's <laughs> ever done. Yeah. Right next to that fucking basketball game. Uh, so Jotaro and Iggy have a little moment here, maybe, uh, where Jotaro's like, I'm not even mad about you, like, totally trying to get me killed. Here's some bubble, like, this awful gum that you like. Go ahead, take it. And Iggy's, like, furious and throwing a fit. And uh, despite this, when Jotaro turns his back, Iggy approaches him with his hat. And so Jotaro's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not so bad after all. I'm going to put this hat on my head. It's totally not filled with gum. And oh, no. (laughs) You're a piece of shit dog the whole time, it turns out. Uh... Also, Iggy can say his name like a damn Pokemon. Yeah, oh, Iggy's voice, it's clearly a person making dog noises. Yeah. There's, after he puts it on, it's like Iggy's little badumch moment where he just, like, smiles and goes, Iggy! <laughs> yeah. Dog is amazing. Iggy rules. But yeah, like, the, the way I initially thought that this was going to go was, like, that would have actually been, like, a genuinely touching moment, and then Iggy would have actually formed a bond with, like, one of the members of the gang and like as we go on maybe it will develop a bond with the rest of them and they'll kind of come together as a cohesive unit no this dog's an asshole yeah basically this this dog seems like it's never not going to be an asshole i'm cool with it yep i mean uh he he kind of gets like a begrudging respect from them but he never stops punking everybody perfect that I actually want this dog to learn nothing. Pretty much. You know, like a real dog. Yeah. Dogs are dumb. 
we kind of actually missed this a little bit, but there's like a, I think a moment where Endul sort of relates to him because he's like, you know, your your stand allowed you to get away with whatever for the longest time, and it was the same with me. And instead of this being like a lesson learning moment, it's him kind of going like, huh, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, we're both huge pieces of shit. It's awesome. Uh, so the, the the gang groups up and and we go to credits. Which, uh, by the way, we have a new credit sequence. I think we had it in the previous episode. Yeah. Um, I think it's Long Road Home. Well, uh, last train home. Last train home. Yeah, got it dead wrong. Uh, I really like this song, but I think I said this uh, numerous episodes ago about how I had to spoil for me at some point, and I still don't think it quite fits as no. like the end theme to a JoJo's. No, it's okay. I like the art in it a lot. Like the sequence, I think is yeah. good. And yeah, I I like the song, but I just don't think it really works as an ending theme. Yeah, it, it doesn't slot well into the series necessarily, but there's nothing technically bad about either portion of it. It's weird yeah it's uh, just kind of too mellow yeah we get a post credits in this episode uh we have a kid reading an oingo boingo comic book uh-huh the oingo I boingo brothers com- adventure i want that comic book it exists actually iraqi like just yes. released the actual oingo boingo brothers adventure book yes i don't know if you can uh buy it like for maybe not insane money though I'm not sure. I'll have to poke around. Uh, a guy. Hold on a second. Did we get any? Did you see the corn dog money? Like, did we actually get anything yet? Oh, not yet. We'll have to wait till this goes up. Oh, God damn it. Well, hopefully we get enough so we can get the gum, and then we can also get the comic. Maybe, but I doubt it. We'll have to uh, maybe okay. do some future episodes too. Do you, do you like some more ads? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. I'll have to. I'll have to find. Like, yeah. People like sites. People will actually go to. Contact Crunchyroll or something. Uh. Anyway, so uh, a man comes up and starts hassling this kid, asking if he can like read the comic book in exchange for like his snacks and binoculars, and in the comic. Uh, the man reads about Oingo and his brother Boingo, as well as himself, and it's recounting the events that have like played out thus far, but also like a bit ahead, uh, saying that after he leaves, he hilariously impales himself on an electrical pole. Sure. Through the mouth. Yeah. And so Oingo shows up, and he chases the man off. He's like, get out of here. You're talking to a grown man talking to a child. This is weird. Go, get <laughs> Get out here, you creep. That was your problem. Yeah. Uh, and he says that he and Boingo need to get on the bus to go to the next town. Uh, but then he like takes a look at the comic. He's like, oh, we better wait until the next one. And then, wah, wah. sure enough, oh, wah, wah, the bus crashes. And we get a shot of the dude from before. It failed on a telephone pole. Yep. If you yeah. die in the comic, you die in real life. Uh, but yes uh, Manga anime differences A flashback where Enduel meets Dio is added The introduction to Egypt Was removed 
the 911 words and the plane on the background of Thoth were removed. On the back. Oh. Oh. Okay. Wait, what? Was the 911 words and the plane on the background of Thoth were removed? Thoth is a b b boingo, I think. It must have been like some sort of weird coincidence, like 911 imagery. Was taken out. Oh, and like an airplane on yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. No, Oingo Boingo did 9 11. <laughs> of course. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> Danny, Danny Elfman, like, you can find all the clues there in solo. God. Uh, Suda says. He says, there's, there's not life underground, there's just corpses. Nothing bad ever happens to me. That's what that was about. <laughs> oh, no. Did you hear about the towers? My, my, my. Oh, uh, going up and going down. Suda says, A direct sequel to episode 25. The Egypt part possesses many episodes split into several parts, which had allowed us to adapt the plot up to the smallest details. It was a great opportunity. This episode is impeccably articulated around Jotaro and Indul's duel. There's a great tension developing until the final clash, where the first one to shoot is the winner, oh. like a good western movie. The suspense is at and its peak. And duel, I get it now. I don't think that's intentional. Oh, oh, I'm so stupid. As for the animation, oh, I'm so dumb. We have added a fast photography effect on Jotaro's punches, which are too fast for the eye. It makes the action scene particularly classy until the final act. We can also talk about Iggy's faces. They are rather comical. He's attacked, is thrown around, and we even see him fart mid-air. I really liked the post-battle scene where we could feel the start of a friendship, question mark, between Iggy and Jotaro. Misato oh. Fukuin marvelously dubs Iggy to the point I really thought the dog was talking. Ha ha ha. If we look at it, Enduel is maybe the only honorable enemy having a noble character. We have lost a valorous antagonist, and that's a shame. I don't know what Suda's talking about, because Enduel is uh, not that honorable. <laughs> His his whole his only singular moment where he is actually having a conversation with another character is him going, "I'm a crime boy. I love crimes. Doing crimes is my favorite thing." Yeah. Fuck you. He's basically that uh that kid that like took his aunt's car or whatever, where they ask him why he did it, and he <laughs> says it's fun to do bad things. Yeah. That's the barefoot what, bandit. Yeah, that's what Enduel's doing. Yeah, no, it's a real, like, repo man, hey, you want to do some crimes thing going on with him. Yep. All right, well, that's it. Yeah. Yes, uh, half of the set was kind of a big whatever. Yeah. But like, the, the first High Priestess episode... Yeah, but like even the first episode with Iggy, he's asleep for, like, half that episode. You don't get as much... Iggy's doing a whole lot more in the second episode of that pair, and he's doing even more in the episodes that sort of follow right after this. Yeah. So, even for his reveal episode, I thought that that episode, for the most part, felt kind of flat to me. Okay. I don't know, but that dude getting his face ripped off was real good. Yeah. And Kakuin does get his eyes scratched out, and then everyone seriously sits there and goes like, well, he might not be able to see ever again. Yeah, it's up in the air. 
I don't mean, know. You, look that, at what that things episode... survived so far. I mean, Evdol sure. got his neck cut in this episode, and he's gonna be fine. Yeah, the only thing that's gonna happen to him is he's gonna go, like, way more. <laughs> yeah. Makes him a little bit more... I'm surprised that Enduel wasn't doing that constantly after all the brain damage he had to endure. They'll just have a quick thing of them saying, Here, Abdul, here's a band-aid for your neck wound, and then he'll be fine. <laughs> I find that way funnier for a very specific reason, but we will get into that later. Yeah. All right, uh, stand and deliver the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Podcast if you want to email us. What is that email address? No, never mind. Next week. Uh, oh. be episodes 27 through 29 which is Knum's Oingo and Thoth's Boingo or if you're watching the Crunchyroll version as I am they called them Knum's Zenyada and Thoth's Mandata which as I've said before I think is a really good change um, it's it's still a good name but as a an Oingo Boingo freak yeah, I'm offended by the change. Uh, as an Oingo Boingo freak, I still like the change because I just like when it's not directly a band name. When instead, like naming them I'm, after I'm a police album is funnier to me than if there was just a character named the Police, for example. I am the opposite in that the sort of brazenness of making it that on the nose is really funny to me. It's funny, but I'm saying, um, it's that through Anubis but Part not this, 2. Not this N-Duel shit. I never heard of that asshole. I haven't either. I don't know that anybody had. I wonder if that's just Araki who read something and thought, that sounds like a cool name. Oh, well, it says right here he is the most popular singer in, like, Polynesia or whatever. <laughs> Senegal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, Senegal. Well, but, oh. I mean... Yeah, you you get this enemy character named Ndul, and uh, meanwhile, Michael, Prince, and Lionel are just three chickens that Avdol was raising. Oh man, when are we going to get a Cat Stevens reference in this thing? Oh, uh, I don't know that there is one. Did that he did that whole thing where he changed his name, which seems like it would be perfect for this. Yeah, Yusuf Islam. Yes. Yeah. Th- like it is actually kind of weird that there is not a character in this so far named Yusuf Islam it is I don't think there ever is one either yeah it's strange no but we got in duel so (laughs) great yeah awesome we'll see you next time bye bye